Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. Welcome to your Life's Work Podcast. I am your official spiritual director. How are you? Greetings to all of those of you joining via video. Hi. We're adding video to the big podcast in case you want to see my wonderfully good-looking 55-year-old face. Freckles and red hair. All for the taking. That's kind of frightening, right? Redheads, in general, take a lot of shit. I just, just for the record. Not that I want you to feel bad for me or anything, but uh, over the course... JR, by the way, stands for John with the red hair. John with the red hair. And that's JR. And that's how I was identified. Um, early on in my television career, we would wear headsets, and I was identified as JR because there's more than one John on headsets at the time. A guy named Mark Buckman. Um, who was the director at the time, actually named me JR, and it stuck. So JR is it. Uh, John with the red hair. Um, today we're going to be doing liminal... I don't know why I got into that, but that's that's where, where you go sometimes. Uh, liminal space is the topic du jour of your Life's Work podcast today. Liminal space. Are you in liminal space? Do you even know what the hell liminal space is? And again, we're speaking spiritually. As a spiritual director, oftentimes when I'm sitting with people and... Uh, you know, really holding space with folks. I want them in liminal space. I'll, I'll be honest. For all of you listening, I want you in some uncomfortable liminal space. Let, we'll do a real quick definition of liminal. It's it, it, it's an adjective. First off, for for all of you, for all of you who are playing at home. Uh, definition relating to a transitional or initial stage of a process, or occupying a position at or on both sides of a boundary or a threshold. So typically liminal space in spiritual land or in growth, personal growth land, this is an uncomfortable space. This is a space that has no certainty attached to it. This is a space that can often feel like you're out of control. This is a space that can feel like you're untethered, unbound, and have no purpose. This is a space that can be filled with doubt, um, this is a space that people can freak out at. I, as a spiritual director, over the course of time, have really come to understand, particularly through my work with my spiritual director, that it's liminal space that I want to live in. I want to be there. I want to hang out in this space. <laughs> I want to do the best I can at really not only uh, holding space for others to come hang out, liminal space for others to hang out, but also... Um, uh, for you know, just myself, uh, the, the I have never ever understood me um, without liminal space. I I didn't get to that nothing to prove, nothing to lose, undefended side of of, of me, tr- true self of who I am, um, without having some liminal um, time because I had to be challenged. Um, my alcoholism uh, challenged me into liminal space. My relationships regularly challenge me uh, in, in the liminal transitioning and transformation um, of, of that space. Okay, so the nuts and bolts of liminal space. So I, th- the way I like to do this is I like to picture you checking into a hotel. Checking into a hotel is always exciting. 
right? You take a trip, you're on a business trip or whatever. For, for me, and I don't know, maybe I'm the weirdo, but check, checking into hotels were always very exciting. But there's that space between after you've checked in at the front desk and then going through the lobby and getting into the, into the elevator. And that's a space, man, that has a lot of transitional activity going on. A lot of uncomfortable, a lot of comfortable, a lot of knowing, uh, a lot of, um, um, you know, a lot of imaginative things going on as you move through that space. A lot of mirrors. Hotel lobbies tend, tend to have a lot of mirrors. Mirrors are good in liminal space because if you don't see yourself in liminal space, you're probably not in liminal space. <laughs> a lot of people coming and going. Uh, liminal space will have a lot of people coming and going. Liminal space will have choices, Right? I'm going to the fifth floor. Where's my elevator? What turn do I make? Do I, uh, it's COVID. Do I let four people in the elevator, one person in the elevator? Do I have my key? So there's all these things, liminal space, transitioning. And so I like to picture it kind of like the lobby of a hotel. I don't know if that helps. COVID-19, for the record, the pandemic, liminal space. Like, this is, this is liminal space. It's uncertainty galore. There's nowhere to go. <laughs> there is no. In fact, there's so nowhere to go. You need to stay in your house, <laughs> and you need to. And if you get sick, you need to stay even farther down in your house. If you've been exposed, you can't go anywhere. So liminal space again is the idea of uncertainty, and certainly every it's uncertainty, and certainly everybody in COVID-19 pandemic land, we have had to come to the table and wrestle with a lot of the of this kind of uncertainty. So you get it, and I know you get it. So liminal space. Um, the, the pandemic is captivated because it's demanded our attention. So in liminal space, your attention will be demanded of. The hotel lobby, your attention is demanded of you. Because you don't know where you're going, and you got to figure it out. COVID-19 made us look at death, quite frankly, and it made us think about the existential questions of our lives, and it made us trudge a road, and it has made us trudge a road. Do we have enough? Are we enough? Uh, what if something happens to me, my family, my kids? How will the government react to this? How will the governments react to this? What will the world do? Who will die? Who won't die? Will I die? Do I have enough money? Will I lose my job? Will the people around me lose their job? So, again, liminal space has been absolutely, like, forked over and handed to us. And, uh, and that's a thing in the pandemic. So, okay, so we're good. Are we good? Are we good on, on liminal space? Um, it's, it's recognition, liminal space is recognition of self, and it's often very, very difficult. It's recognition of self, and it's oftentimes very, very difficult. The, the work that you're going to do in your own heart, mind, and body, and again, eventually everybody gets there. I know that everybody's not attuned to this work. I get it. I totally get it. And that's fine. That's okay. But there's a few of us out there that do want um, to exercise growth in our lives, uh, mentally and spiritually and physically. For me, all three of those things are coupled together, and they need to be worked together. 
And liminal space gives us the opportunity, mind, body, spirit. But again, it's it, it this space is, spiritually speaking, it is the recognition of who you are. And it is very hard. Uh, again, I go back to my alcoholism. My alcoholism served me well for a period of time. And it helped me sidestep and numb and take away uh, traumas of the past. And, and in some way for a little bit of time, deal with who I was and what had happened to me. The problem with my alcoholism, though, is, is that it, there's no, it was not a means to an end. Because all it did was carve out division between me and myself, me and everybody around me, ultimately God and I, and it became a shit show. And for those of you who experienced my alcoholism, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Both, both those of you, th- those people who knew, knew me as either life of the party or life of the party, uh, and an embarrassment, all, <laughs> all on the same night. Ultimately, liminal space is designed for transformation, awareness, and new consciousness. You know, Jesus uh, talks about being born again, and again. You know, I preface all these, all this language because I know a lot of this language has some real heavy darts to it. Uh, and and when we're talking about born again, we're talking about new consciousness, new awareness. We are not talking about a pattern of behavior. So you know, again, the evangelicals have done everything they possibly can to ruin and wreck that side of the fence, and in a lot of ways they have. So when I use that language, particularly when I'm talking about born again, you you have to really get into the word of it. Born again. In other words, new life, new consciousness, right? New eyeballs, new new ears, uh, um, a new way of thinking. And and Jesus handed us that, and he handed us that in love, on how we're loving and moving gracefully with one another and forgivingly with one another, with wisdom, with wisdom. We're not taking any shit. We're not being a doormat. Like, there's a lot of things that are coupled in that. But liminal space, at the end of the day, is designed for that transformation, that new awareness, that new consciousness. Enlightenment, right? Buddhists would, you know, might go to the enlightenment understanding. Um, And again, every world's wisdom, tradition, religion has their form of this kind of understanding. It's not new. (laughs) It's nothing I'm doing today uh, is new. Um, Ultimately, it's a hard space. You may find yourself catapulted into it for the record current life challenges loss of job death birth or adoption of children disease shifts in cultural norms like you may be any one of those catapulted into some liminal space for me and diane my wife we adopted three children all at once and we were literally handed keys. <laughs> hey, that door right there, you're going to have to go through. That's liminal space. Good luck. Here are your three kids. <laughs> and we were literally catapulted. We didn't even realize it. Like, Di and I had no clue what we were doing when we adopted three children. None, zero, zip. There was zero representation of consciousness or awareness when we adopted three children. And that was a good thing. And that was a damn good thing. Because had because when it was right, what we know now, maybe we would have said no. No, that's, that's just not true. But that the very functioning of that decision catapulted us into some liminal space. A very difficult look at self through the adoption of three kids. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll ask you, 
about your liminal space right now? Have you been, because chances are you might have been catapulted into some liminal space and maybe you're still sitting there kind of confused and, and just not knowing what to do. Again, challenges of life, loss, death, births, disease, shifts in cultural norms. Uh, you may find yourself subjugated or subjected, I apologize. You may find yourself subjected to its presence through your doubt of your faith. In other words, a lot of people today, 2021, 2022, the big, huge, um, you know, new kind of, not new kind of movement, but just people are talking about it a hell of a lot more as deconstruction from Christianity, particularly evangelicalism. That deconstruction is liminal space. Um, one of the things about it, though, is that we hope the, the deconstruction, that liminal space, is affording opportunity to relish the divinity in you and not just simply stay angry at a system uh, or a dogmatic process. So liminal space, really at the end of the day, as you move through it, shouldn't be um, a weapon um, for any of the human emotions that are going to create more opposition. So if you find yourself in some deconstruction, if you find yourself walking away from your faith, if you find yourself thinking one side or the other, I really want you to give time in the liminal space to really understand that it's not, it's, it's, it's not, it, it, liminal space can afford you anger for sure, without a doubt, because it will be the presence of who you are. You will have to face yourself. But, but hopefully liminal space has a maturity to it that helps people arrive to a larger degree of reality of who they are, not just simply the stages of emotional grief. Um, I know for myself, my faith um, has changed, has evolved. My relationship with God, spirit, love, universe has changed. And over the course of time, there has, there has been the understanding of what uh, dogmatic approach was or what the processes of faith were that are just simple bullshit and, and how how I really need to challenge myself in liminal space, particularly with my faith, is the relational aspects that I have with God. So I hope that helps for all uh, deconstructionists out there because the liminal space really shouldn't just afford you an opportunity to be pissed off. Because if it is, you're probably not in liminal space. You're probably sitting in oppositional space, which, you know, oppositional space you can be in, but uh, opposition breeds opposition, and there's nothing like a good faithful shit show to, to waken up your day. In other words, I hope, I, I, don't, I don't hope that for anybody. Um, liminal space is learning. We are most teachable in liminal space. We are most teachable when we're in the mirror, when we have to be in the mirror in, in, in the heavy work of reconciliation of who we are. So we're our most teachable there. It's presence. So we're attentive in liminal space. It's openness. It's patience. It's patience. Um, when I wrote uh, Starving Jesus, a book that I wrote in 2006, I used to talk about drive-through theology and this idea that most people who sit in faith circles were just driving through, picking up our theology, smiling at the window, throwing our cash, and then off we go. No patience there. 
There's no patience there. Liminal space demands this idea of you being patient because you may feel like you're sitting in liminal space in that lobbied space of the hotel forever. You can feel like that. I would assert that um, feeling like that is actually a good thing because, again, it's, it's you being able to pay attention to you in the mirror and you really orchestrating um, who you are and figuring those wonderful things about you that make you you and God in you. Um, it's confusion. Liminal space is very, very freaking confusing. Uh, liminal space has the ability without uh, a guide, if you will. And again, does liminal space need a guide? Well, you know, I guess, you know, I, I would say absolutely every time I've been in any kind of liminal space, it's all, it's been very, very helpful to either have a spiritual director or a mentor, a close friend, um, to help talk through those things. But I, I don't, I don't, as a rule, I don't think it's necessary, but confusion can populate. Liminal space, for sure. It will be discomfort. It'll be you getting to know who you are, good, bad, ugly. And some of that stuff needs, again, reconciliation, honesty, exposure. When you expose yourself, most likely you're in liminal space. Expose yourself. Your fears, your desires, your shames, your guilt, your celebrations, your joys. What makes you happy? What creates peace for you? I was just thinking about something the other day that I loved... Um, and that I don't do so much anymore. And I was just wondering, how, why did it fall away from me? Why did that one particular thing fall away from me? Um, and part of it had to do with the discomfort of me knowing me. Because this one thing that I used to do, it used to bring me joy for who I was, for who I am. Um, ultimately, transformation. Um... And healing. Now, again, healing is a word that we hear, hear all the time. I'm not real huge on the word healing because I, I think transformation is just such a better word to use when we're talking about past traumas and we're talking about past pains and we're talking about things that have been done to us or catapulted into our lives or forced on us or, or, or even through our own mistakes. Um, I, I'd rather talk in terms of tr uh, transformation than healing. Healing for me uh, has a has a has an ending to it, um, like the healing of a cut. Right? I mean, maybe you'll have a scar there, but I've healed. Here's my scar. I just I don't like that imagery as much as I like this idea of transformation because I think transformation is much more ongoing. It's much more what we see in the natural world. Uh, transformation. Um, if you've ever tended a garden, you understand what I I mean right away. Although the garden can look like itself year to year there will be a transformation in how the garden grows and, and where it goes and, and how you tend to it and how you prune it. And, and uh, th there's a give and a take in a transformative kind of space, an liminal space like that. Um, this brings us to the question, how do we leave, right? A lot, a lot of people be like, can we leave liminal space? Because, you know, it doesn't, it, it sounds, it sounds wonderful and horrible all at the same time. And, you know, I would, I would probably agree with you that it sounds wonderful and horrible all at the time. Sure, you can leave if you want to, absolutely. But my suggestion is you learn, you learn to love it. You, you learn to embrace it. You learn to witness it. You learn to take it in. You learn that liminal space is the essence and dynamic of the schooling for the human being. It's where all our teachers will be. 
It's where all our inspiration will come from. It's where creative grows. It's where we pick from the creative tree. It's where we go to be creative at the end of the day. Um, it's where human growth happens and the understanding of true self. So yes, you may leave, but you know this life certainly wouldn't have its fun without having that wonderful velvet sledgehammer uh, <laughs> liminal space uh, as your friend. So, you know, liminal space ultimately um, can feel like dark night of the soul. Liminal space can, can, can feel like agony. Liminal space can feel like celebration and joy. Again, I go back to that lobby and I just go back to all the things that can happen uh, inside the hotel lobby between the different people and the discovery that you're having um, as you are excited to get to a new floor, to get to a new room, to get to a new view, to have a weekend in a city or a weekend in the country or whatever the hell you're doing at the hotel. There's so much excitement to be had, um, but we got to go through that lobbied experience. We got to go through that pandemic, if you will, if we use another metaphor, to be able to arrive. And again, arrive is not... Is not uh, uh, it's not the situational concern as much as it is journey. So I'm using a lot. I'm using a lot of hyped up, uh, hyped up spiritual words today, aren't I? Maybe it's the video. Um, so here are a few tips to survive your liminal space. You always got to have some tips, right? You always got to have some suggestions. I follow this one guy on Instagram, and he's always pissed about people uh, uh, giving people advice. He's always posting things about, why does everybody think they're an expert? <laughs> like, Jesus, man. Maybe your ego needs to be a little checked. Anyways. Um, so so here's, some, here's some good wisdom around surviving liminal space. Allow silence to guide you when you're hitting liminal space. Get involved in some kind of silence practice. Learning silence is like finding the revolving door for liminal space. Silence is the way God speaks, and we want to hear divine. We want to hear divine whisper, man. We want to hear divine. We want to hear God speak at the end of the day. We really do. We need to empty out. We need to allow God to speak as we as as we empty out. And it's silence is the way to center. It's the way to heart. It's the way to true self. But you have to practice silence. It will also be rest. The silence will be the rest you need while being in liminal space. I know my practice of silence, uh, and, and I've told the story a few times on the podcast about my first silent retreat and what a shit show it was. Just absolute, just absolute garbage. Like, it was, talk about liminal, liminal space. <laughs> it was liminal, liminal space. You know, I went on a few days, three-day re, uh, silent retreat, and, you know, I don't think I lasted a day. I, w I was so filled with the inability to quiet my mind and my body that it literally drove me back in the car and sent me back down to Carlsbad when I was living in Southern California. And I, I, was, I was shaken by it. I was shaken by the fact that I couldn't take on silence. So when you find a practice in silence, go easy, go slow. You'll want to practice silence. 
You'll want to make it an everyday thing if you can, an every other day thing if you can, but you start where you are naturally feeling able to be silenced, in a car, on a walk, in the morning with a cup of coffee, at night before you go to bed lying with your head against the pillow while you're thinking the thoughts of the day. Um, Wherever you are naturally driven to a little rest, solace, peace, silence, I want you to take it. But remember, we're talking about physical silence. We're talking in, 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 in two terms. We're talking the ability to be quiet and the ability to tune out noises, whether they be digital, phone, scrolling, Instagram, Facebook, news, news, man. I mean, shit. If we could just get the information out of our, out of our lives, we'd be, doing, we'd be doing ourselves a favor. So silence. Silence. Silence is a huge thing to embrace when you're sitting in the liminal space. Letting go. So I often talk about letting go. Very few people explain what letting go means. Um, But in this case, letting go means letting go where uh, you see yourself in want and need of control, specifically control. Because in liminal space, there's going to be particularly if you're really caught in between two seasons or in between, again, like death. Let's just take death. Death is something that's handed to you. You you will understand it. There's no two ways around it. Loss is. Suffering is. There is no getting around it. So when you're handed that, oftentimes we go into controlled mode of, of, of being and doing. And ultimately that screws up the up the punch that we're drinking because loss and suffering, particularly in liminal space, are designed uh, to be a navigating source or a navigating energy to love again or more. So when you're actively thinking about what you want to control, I want you to be able to let that go. But what does that mean? It means you've got to acknowledge what you want controlled. So, do yourself a favor. If you're sitting in liminal space right now and you're like just, you know, penned up and against the wall with trying to control somebody, something, or some place, I want you to stop. I want you to acknowledge it. And I really want you to be able to understand why you think you need to and why it's so important to control it. So I want you to let go of that the need of control, the want of control, the desire of control. What are the greatest pushes or pulls for control? And make sure you're specific with it. Uh, Number three, do the heavy lifting to become aware of your ego and your fear and how they couple and how they love to just drill you into the ground. I say this all the time. Ego and fear are best friends. They are not your friends. (laughs) They are best friends. But they... They wait for you outside your bedroom door every morning, conspiring to jump on top of you and to do their job for that day. Fear will keep you uh, uh, paralyzed, and ego will keep you alone and siloed up and away from everything. And the two of them talk to each other like crazy. What kind of fear can we introduce to you today? What kind of egoic mechanisms of isolation can we hand you today? And the two of them are just great. 
So I, I want you to do that heavy lifting to become aware of your ego and fear. This is painful shit, my friends, because at the end of the day, we are structurally talking about you and the things that might, might, <laughs> might, the things uh, that you do that are stopping you in your relationships or even stopping you from your dreams or even stopping you from, um, you know, maybe just realizing who you are. That's super hard work because we often get very defensive in that space. We often get the FUs in that space. We often, and, and again, the ego and the fear man will, will, will gladly help you into the FUs. But you got to do that. One of the best ways to do that is to be able to turn to a friend, a mentor, a spiritual director, a counselor, somebody who is intimately involved in your life and ask them, hey, what do you think of me? How am I doing? How am I doing? Am I teachable? Do I listen? Um, do I have time and space for others? What's my selfishness level quotient like? Tell me about me. What do you see? Um, that's very, very difficult work because, again, it means you're going to have to stay open and very, very patient. Um, blah, blah, blah. Um, I also want you to keep aware of ego and fear relationally and, of course, spiritually. Um, fear, uh, particularly spiritually, um, has a way of driving us into dogmatic fashion. I mean, you know, just take Christianity for, for one second. First off, it's predicated on a book. And if you don't read the book, the possibilities are, and you don't behave to the book standards, right? Um, well, there's only one, there's only, there's only one place you're going. So hell or your eternity is used as a, as a carrot at the end of that fear and ego stick. And that can really screw you up. So if you're, if you're really paying attention to what you fear um, and you're really paying attention to how the ego isolates at that point, that's going to help. It's just going to help you figure out who you are, what you know, and what you want, what you want, need, and desire. And sometimes those things in your wants, needs, and desires, hopefully you're pointing you not away from liminal space, but more liminal space. Um, at the end of the day, do your best to embrace to welcome and to witness the transformational spaces and places in your relationships and in your doing and in your being of who you are. Particularly in your relationships, because we are our relationships at the end of the day. And we really do need to pay attention to those things because we often don't. In America, we are all about being number one, go get the career, go get the house, go get the car, fill the bank up. Prepare for your retirement. <laughs> who, who are you hanging out with? Who do you know? Where do you go? So liminal space hopefully affords you the ability to live an undefended life. Nothing to prove, nothing to lose. Hopefully it affords you the opportunity to hear deeply inside of you the divinity that rages in all of us that heart space that speaks to us, that whispers to us, that cries out to us to love and give as much as we possibly can, both in the receiving and the giving. Liminal space should surface as a crowning achievement and victory for you. Yes, again, you can come and go from the, those, those, those liminal spaces. I'm hoping that you belly up to the bar in the lobby of liminal space and continue to order as many liminal drinks as you possibly can hold 
because this is where we will find ourselves squarely in the mirror with an aspect of divinity that speaks to how we love, who we love, when, where we love, and then where we're going from there. Remember, we're, we're oftentimes catapulted and pushed in there. So it can be difficult. The best thing I can tell you is to grab somebody around you and pull them uh, into the conversation with you as you discover your own liminal space uh, and the what and the where and the how and the who of it. Um, For those of you who are in liminal space through loss and death, I'm with you. Having lost many people myself along the way, it's terrifically hard, but just remember that liminal space is designed for you to grieve and to rest and to take your time and to really understand that love is the nourishment that we seek and crave, desire and want. Hey, man, thanks for hanging out today. I really do appreciate it. I'm jrjrman.com, J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com. If you're looking for a spiritual director, I'll help. Tabletop Ministries uh, is uh, our little uh, nonprofit that we run, 501c3, all legal and legit. We provide spiritual direction free of charge for those who don't have resources uh, for that kind of activity. Uh, hit me at jr at jrman.com. You can call me. My name and number is on the phone number everywhere else. If you're looking for a retreat space, this is it. I'm sitting in it. If you're watching video, this can be yours for three, four days of good old silent retreat if you need it. If you want your liminal space to have a little, uh, I, just, I suggest coming and hanging out. I love you, and I appreciate you so much uh, along with my passion. I got nothing else to say. Do you want to stare at my face for a couple seconds while we get to the end of this tune before it ramps up and beats us out of here? Here's my face. Love you. I'll talk to you next week.